It's November 5th, 2015, and you're listening to the Beer Temple Insiders Roundtable. Hello and welcome to the Beer Temple Insiders Roundtable. I'm your host, Chris Quinn, coming to you once again from the Studio B at the Co-Prosperity Sphere here in Bridgeport, Chicago. Thanks, as always, to Lumpin' Radio and uh, especially to uh, the fearless director, Logan Bay, for setting up what is becoming, man, pretty pretty sweet little studio here. So, very nice. Um, so, I, I, I do a little spiel at the beginning of... Uh, the radio show, just to kind of talk about what, we, what we're doing here. And someone who knows me very well says, you know, what you're saying I know is very true, like you're, you're, you actually mean this, but you're, you're getting very used to saying it and you're kind of saying it just robotically. So somebody tuning in is just going to think it's kind of almost like marketing speak or sales speak. So I'll try to, I'll try to say it with more emotion, even though I've said it now like 20 <laughs> times, but just believe me. I, I mean what I say, I promise. Um, anyway, the goal of the show is to open up a window into how the people making, selling, marketing, and facilitating the beer getting into your glass feel about the topics that are a part of their everyday lives. Many of my greatest beer experiences have been talking about beer while sharing beers with people whose opinions I respect and admire, and it's these experiences that I hope to capture with the Insider's Roundtable. Believe it or not, so I yeah. believed. Uh, yeah, I yeah, believed no, good. You felt, it. yeah, good, yeah. good. Oh, <laughs> you should see. There's not a dry eye in the studio <laughs> right now. Um, and uh, in a moment, I will introduce my guests. But I do want to say that the opinions and statements of my guests are theirs, and that's it. It's not necessarily the opinion of any uh, anyone else other than their own personal opinions. So moving on, let's start with my left. Uh, we have a, a nobody, no newbies this time. Everyone's a repeat guest. Um, you're a low man on the totem pole, Nick. So yeah, you've got to, as always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah, Nick Panky, thanks for coming back. Now you've gone the first time you were on. It's we were in like the the loft up there. Yeah, like the, <laughs> the serial killer loft yeah. up there when the studio was getting built, and now you're in. Uh, this is officially called Studio B. Okay, like I'm getting, nobody knows where Studio A is, but that's <laughs> fine. I like it, I like it. Uh, anything new with you, beer-wise? Uh, um, no, like, just, I've been going to a lot of Hawks games, so I my Bud Light consumption has skyrocketed. But don't they have, like, a, they've got some, like, they have Una and mm-hmm. they've got some craft beer All there. All the worst now. beers. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. They do I've heard it. the Big Star stall is the way to go. Oh, they have you a know, big I didn't even look, I haven't looked for that stall, yet. They have a big star there that is serving great Oh, beer. like a, like a, the taco place. The taco place. Huh. Mm. I forgot it's about that. It's the word that. on the street. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to check that out. That's, like, the thing now. They're getting, back. like, little outlets for, like, hip 
restaurants and stuff, and and they're opening them up in these stadiums. I know they're the, the yeah, Phillies stadium or ballpark has been doing it for for a long time. It's about so. time. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, and now you can charge ten bucks for a taco, and well, everyone's happy. And part of part of the experience, though, like sometimes you just want that crappy six dollar garbage hot dog. Um, mm. Tastes so good, though. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, for. I think having a big star taco while watching the Hawks live is pretty cool. I mean, that that's I, I'd pay a premium for that. So, <laughs> so you're, you're watching Hawks games and drinking mostly bad beer. Yeah, I am going though to Kaiser Tiger beforehand. It's great, great pre-game bar for that place. Yeah, yeah for oh, someone tell us more. Yeah, well, for someone like me, you know, it's got great food and great beer, and. You know, when we went on Monday and we got to sit outside, so uh, you don't have to deal with November the madness in, in Chicago. You don't have <laughs> to deal with the seating. you don't have to deal with the madness that sometimes uh, Madison street bars are. So mm-hmm. and it's just as close, if not closer. Nice. It's nice. I'm gonna slip him the that's twenty a, that yeah. Ray Daniels slipped me <laughs> the last time I was here. That's a great segue. Now <laughs> you're setting up the next uh, guest. Next. This is my second time, Chris. So yeah, right. Yeah, I'm on point. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, killing Pat. Pat. Well, I should probably introduce you. You both. Once I've got Pat and Tracy on, you can speak <laughs> are, by are yourself. Yeah. yeah, You've only been on together, right? Is that right? True. But this you guys, I get. Time. Yeah, I get really uh, good feedback. <laughs> you guys are on. So next time, I promise, I'm not going to do it just because I want to see if you guys are able to to come on. But. <laughs> Anyway, Pat, you first. Uh, thanks for coming back on. What's uh, my Pat, pleasure, Pat Berger of uh, uh, Patty Longs and Kaiser Tiger, and probably many other things. Several collaboration beers. Uh, what's uh, what's new, man? Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I do have a new collaboration beer. Uh, it's called Wet Hop Wonder. We did it with Motoro Brewing Company and with my Draft Line Cleaning Company, Draft Science. Some of you guys oh, know yeah. Brandon and yeah, Jay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Brandon was was in on it. He's my homebrew partner. So, uh, and he actually introduced me to Frank from Motor Row. And then we all made this wet hop beer together. Went up to Wet Hop Farm or uh, Hophead Farms up in uh, Michigan. Got the hops, drove them back to the brewery, made a lager with it because you know how I always make all the collaborators do mm-hmm. lagers. Yeah, right. <laughs> Smoked lagers, yeah. swickles. Yeah. yeah, that's why they never what invite me back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> But uh, made a really tasty wet hot lager. Just tapped it uh, on Friday, last Friday, and um, it's it's killer. I'm really happy about it. Nice. Yep. Very cool. And uh, last but certainly not least, Tracy Hurst of Metropolitan Brewing. Thanks for coming back on. Uh, what's new? What's new with you guys? It's your third time. After three, I don't think we we count anymore. That's that's official. <laughs> so, what what's new? Um. We, uh, well, brewery-wise, we just started releasing Magnetron Schwartz beer, which we're very proud of. It's a great beer. And we're kicking around the notion of keeping it on all the time. Yeah, I'm down with that. Black lagers are always amazing, and ours is a nice 5%. You know, I tell people, think about it. The Germans drink this beer by the liter, Mm -hmm. so it has to be. Black pills. That's yeah. what they call it. I mean, sure. it's, it's a yeah. light beer that's dark in color, just a hint of roast, and mm-hmm. it's awesome. I think it's, yeah, and you can drink it year-round, but mm-hmm. 
And you can drink a liter of it, trust me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've drinking late liters of, of Kostritzer for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of like the, you know, the German example yeah. of it. Yes, it That's is. awesome. I think, uh, I mean, not, not to diss any of your beers, but my favorite of your um, seasonals is, is Magnetron. So if any of them were right to on. go year around, it would definitely, Thank my you. vote would go, to, would go to Magnetron. So, and it's like, it's impossible to get. Um, well, it's it's not easy to get a really fresh example mm-hmm. of that style either. So it's well, awesome to have one local. I'm I'm uh, proud of the work that we do. Our brewers are good, so uh, I like it. I'm I'm glad everybody's happy with it. Whoops. And honestly, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, the it's the in brewery favorite. So every, the entire brew team is rooting for it to go full-time because we just want it all the time yeah i like to say you guys are just lucky we brew enough to sell outside <laughs> the brewery <laughs> uh well thanks everyone for for coming back on i am going to make a comment about studio b because last time we were in here there were no windows it's a little more revert like mm-hmm. echoey now as it was last time we we actually got um some comments from from gerald o'kennard from uh, bti who's been on uh, he was like, I don't like the sound as much. I miss the echo. It doesn't. So <laughs> we got it in spades for you this time, Gerald. I will say, though, uh, it's a little stuffy in here. It was his birthday yesterday, <laughs> yeah. Gerald. Happy was birthday, it? Gerald. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, we need, we may need to crack a door at some point, but uh, that's just me. Because I'm, I'm going to be sitting here with, like, you know, pit stains and stuff <laughs> sitting here like... <laughs> That's how we like you, Chris. Yeah. Sweaty. November. Yeah. November in Chicago. Th- thank you. Oh, you're, you're married with two kids. No one cares what you look like, Chris. <laughs> I don't think that's the only reason, yeah, that they, for that. But um, anyway, uh, let's get into the the first segment, which is what are people drinking or what are, what beers are, are people excited about? Um, I Why don't you go first, Nick? All right. You're cracking a beer right now. Yeah. Um, last night I had the, I'm not going to pronounce this right, Graven's Time, Graven's Time from Lagunitas. They mix their daytime with some type of apple juice from California. It was pretty good. Um, I was expecting like a apple pie, like a sweet apple, but it was like yeah. a green tart oh, apple. Oh, like a so, Smith type thing? Yeah, that was, it was nice. Yeah. So I, I don't know if it's, I doubt it's bottled, so it's probably just on draft all over. So, okay. I'd check it out if you. Yeah, it's you one of the it. fusion beers, I think, isn't it? That I don't know. I, I had never heard of it until I saw it on the menu last night. The one of the fusion beers, what do you mean? It's like Fusion 30 something. Oh. I think is the name of it. Okay. Okay. Huh. So, I, I could be wrong. Those I, are like draft. Those are like draft only yeah, beers that they I do. Like, kind of swear we poured that at Kaiser at some point, but okay. it's hard to keep track. Okay. You must really care about what you serve there, huh? You don't remember? Wait a second. You said that you have a photographic memory for beer. Yeah. So I'm saying we poured it. <laughs> okay, okay. So he's saying I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a fusion beer. 30-something. Okay. 30-something. 32, maybe. Okay. Whatever it takes. All right. Uh, well, now I'm going to look it up and prove you're wrong. No. Uh, someone do it. Someone do it and then tweet. Uh, at at the beer temple, what what fusion beer? Or send us is. an electronic letter. Yeah, send us an electronic, uh, very short one forty four character letter <laughs> to Twitter. Um, so, uh, well, how about you, Pat? Anything that you're excited about? Well, you know, we talked about the Wet Hop Wonder. Very excited about yes. that. Drank a few of them before we came here. 
Delicious. Um, yeah, I'm oh, really happy you with it. You should be proud. It's great beer. I like it. I like it. When you turn your head, you got to keep talking to the mic. All right, I know. That's yeah, hard. Yeah. I'm in the middle. Yeah, yeah. You've got this. Because you're, I, I thought you were up to it, man. Yeah, <laughs> clearly not. Uh, besides that, hand me a beer, my friend. What kind would you like? Doesn't matter. We had the um, off color rep show up with a beer today. That was yes. quite tasty, wasn't it? That was the it was um, La Wolf. Yeah, La Wolf. My photographic memory. <laughs> once again. No, you said it was for flavors. You did. You did say that. I think you said you remembered like what beer it's yeah. Like. But if it's names, faces, places, things, I can't remember. You can't remember. <laughs> Children. Okay. Uh, but that was pretty. That was pretty damn good. Yeah, we were that was talking good. about how there's yeah. so, you know so many sour beers out there right now that are just like punching you in the face and um, not really, and also hurting my stomach. Mm-hmm. So this is a nice. It's got a little pucker to it, but very drinkable. Like yeah. it. Yeah. It's like it's it's great. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, and that's awesome. You, Ms. Hurst? Well, honestly, I've been drinking a ton of Magnetron, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the other cool. night I had uh, Rookery Rye IPA from Atlas yeah. Brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really good. I agree. I think rye, rye is the best thing that's happened to beer in a long time, and when someone does it really well, I'm, yep. I'm really excited. So I thought that was good. And then I brought, I've been dying to try this Scary Jesus Rockstar, this collab with Dark Horse and Cletus, and I'm having one now and loving it. Nice. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. I like my beers pretty straight up beery tasting, mm-hmm. but this is really well done. This is like a, is it a blood orange or a... Um, it's on the packaging. I don't yeah. It's Apricots, chamomile, chamomile and, and holy water. And holy okay. <laughs> and holy water. So I wonder who they got in there to bless the, the brewing <laughs> water. That's pretty cool. Or can if they you, just like went to just a go church online and, and get like, like <laughs> <laughs> you probably can. You just needed things. to squeeze a little, like a drop. Yeah, just a bit. The... Yeah. Um, uh, very cool. For me, uh, man, there's been, there's been a bunch of beers that I've been liking. Oh, but talking about rye in beer, uh, I, I, I'm totally with you. I think rye beers, maybe like 10 years ago, they were always like red ales, mm-hmm. you know, like red double IPAs, stuff like that that had rye. But now people have started to throw rye into more pale beers mm-hmm. and maybe not make rye beers, but beers with a little bit of rye mm-hmm. in them. Temperance makes one that's really good yeah. um, called Restless Years. And then there's the Atlas one and... Um, uh, Wookie Jack, I think. Yeah, is a good oh, example. yeah, that's good yeah. here. Atlas has rye in the the pale ale and the IPA, and they're really? both super light. Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah, yeah. And then, well, uh, Alpine just uh, we got in Alpine's Nelson, which is their mm-hmm. Nelson hop rye IPA today. And I, I know it comes from uh, you know the Green Flash Brewery, so it's not as cool anymore. <laughs> and it might not be the exact same, but man, it tastes really good. Nelson is still very good, even coming out of uh, Green Flash. So um, I'm with you. Rye is, mm-hmm. is, is an awesome thing to kind of be in vogue now. For me, uh, I was drinking some some classic beers. I was uh, talking at a, a class uh, at a local college here that uh, they're doing a whole bunch of... Um, like beer classes, like a whole course, like five, six, seven beers uh, classes. And, you know, each one goes, I think, like 10 weeks or something like that. And this one was like the real business of beer, it was called, or something like that. And they had Eric Cobbs from Penrose and John Barley of uh, 
of Solemn Oath, and they were having different people come in each week, and he had me. They had me come in and, and just talk about beers, and they were talking about. They did it kind of like first wave, second wave, third wave of uh, of craft. Uh, you guys were called out. Metropolitan was called out as one of the examples of. I forget what wave you were, but they had two breweries, and Metro was like, boom, and we tasted out. We tasted out uh, crankshaft uh, to the class, or they tasted it out. So um, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I thought that was nice. But yeah, we're considered OG. We were the first to open in ten years. So yeah. I don't feel OG right. ever. You're in the. <laughs> you're in a college feel, curriculum now. Yeah. How's it feel? Exactly. Or once you get her PhD, yeah. Yeah. honorary honorary PhD, Professor Barley, and uh, Professor. What college is it at? I saw this online. Is uh, it, uh, college of DuPage. College of DuPage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is there um, a, a degree in drunkenness science, or uh, I think that's professional coming. drinking? Yeah, I think this is the prereq yeah. for that one. <laughs> so you have to take this, and then they can they can do that. But they were the they had a couple of like the classics, and uh, I was having a. Uh, Sierra Nevada and after the class was over we we stuck around and and drank some beers and I was drinking a bunch of that Sierra Nevada pale ale. I mean it's mm-hmm. it's so good. I like Ruthless Rye IPA talking yeah. about IPAs. Yeah. I yep. love that beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh yeah, that beer is I I'm just a I'm kind of a fanboy of Sierra Nevada, but the the pale ale I probably haven't had in about 6 months or so and it was great. So then I uh there's another beer that's the same for me, it's that's it's Cezanne Dupont, which like every time I go back to it, I love it. So I brought that here today because I just think it's a beer that's so easy to forget, but it's still one of the best beers in the world. So those are the beers that I'm into lately. Uh, a quick shout out to uh, Transient, who uh, Chris Betts has been on the show a couple times. He had his beer, uh, his like. Um, it's like a, a coffee and, and like maple stout called Buckley, um, which I don't even, it barely even made it to shelves. It was for his Reserve Society, and it was named as one of the top 20 beers of the year for Draft Magazine, and wow. they had like a big pic, picture of it in there, and he was like, I don't know. I don't know anything about <laughs> it. So I thought that was really cool that a tiny little brewery like that got on the map and and got put up in uh, draft magazine so a little shout out to him uh for another beer that uh i don't know i thought needed uh, some praise but nice. um yeah for sure um moving on we're going to talk about a, a little bit of uh kind of industry talk and this is something that came out a little while ago but i thought it was uh appropriate with some of the people here in the room and that's uh you know the the, the brewers association the ba uh, which you're a part of, right, Tracy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Metro, as I should say. Yes. Um, they came out. Uh, they come out like once a quarter or so with um, just I don't know general trends and market data and stuff like that. They put out a press release, and they were saying that you know pills were on fire. And I mean, for people like us, I think we notice it because everybody's making a pilsner. Mm-hmm. Um, but just some of the numbers were were pretty amazing. Um, they were saying at the time that they sent it out, they said this time last year, Pilsners were down 5.4% and 365 days later, they're now up uh, over a hundred percent and that Pilsners are now, uh, over 1% of all craft beer sold according to IRI, which is the supermarket scan data, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Kind of the Nielsen rating system of, uh, of beer or of just 
general products and stuff like that. So I don't know. I wanted to get your your feel about about damn time or um, where you've been all my life type thing. <laughs> Well, we, we make the beer that we like, so we know we like it. And I like to point out that it's only American craft beer that doesn't really appreciate lagers. If you step foot into any other country on the planet, they're drinking lager. So, lager, like I say, lagers have been making people happy for centuries. So if craft beer is finally, we're jumping on board, that's great. I'm happy about it. Why do you think so fast? Why do you think it went from down to up 100%? <laughs> In a year. I mean, that's that's not a lot of time for a style that, you know, everybody has known about for a long time. That, that was the weird part about, for me, I mean... Is it just people uh, maturing as beer drinkers, you know, when you get into the craft beer and you want to... A lot of people go came into a bar and say, I want the obvious thing. I think people... People don't realize what lager means. They mm-hmm. didn't, and now, now, now they're understanding. Lager doesn't mean. Well, this isn't lager. This is just pilsner. By the this way, this is just pilsner. Just pils. Yeah. Well, still, they also, you yeah. know, it, Miller Lite's been running ads calling themselves a true pilsner for mm-hmm. a lot of years, and maybe that's just in people's minds. They are equating that, you know, something like that to pilsner. Uh, those of us uh, in the know, and there's more of us in the know than there's ever been. We all know that pilsner is a absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. uh, yeah. world classic style when done correctly it's very 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 hard to do correctly and the american craft beer movement has matured to the point where a lot of people have the skills to make proper pilsner they didn't have those skills 10 15 years ago mm-hmm. um nor, well, yeah. nor did they have the, the money because it takes twice as long as tracy will tell you to make this beer and capacity is how you make money in a brewery. So where's the motivation to spend twice as much time, cut your capacity in half to make a beer that wasn't that popular before? It's just all coming to a head, and mm-hmm. you know it's all in Pilsner's favor. And thank God, because you know, mm-hmm. that's great, what I drink. It's a great style. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've talked about it many times uh, when people start talking about what beer they're drinking, what beer they're into. I mean, it was like... All pilsners or all like lagers or something <laughs> like Pony yeah like Pivo week after week or... week after week yeah f- yeah all those so oh, i admit ponies always in my fridge oh, man. I they know i love that so beer good. i think you were one of the people who <laughs> said pony in the past yeah. um i'm just yeah it's it's interesting i don't think that trend's necessarily gonna go away i don't think that that's a fad that pilsners are are in um i do think it's a uh it's kind of a maturing market. I just don't understand. Is there like one? Was it like Sierra Nevada put out Nooner Pills and then that just like blew up everything? I, yeah. Well, that's an interesting Maybe the theory. Hop, you know, yeah, hoppy, I, like I, Hoppy Pills came about and now people are, um, and by came about, I mean just in the American market, but maybe people who were all IPA, pale ale are saying, oh, like this is actually, yeah. you know, I don't need pale in the name of my beer to drink and you still get the bitter experience if it's done that way Mm -hmm. right right you know i heard matt brindleson say something very interesting you know with his the growth of his pivo pills and everything and he said the more you get into beer and the more you start to understand how it's made and how difficult it is to make it and the craft that it is and uh in drinking it you gravitate towards lager you gravitate towards a very drinkable sessionable clean well-made beer and you know that's that's the next level of beer uh appreciation really uh 
you know, I'm quoting him very loosely, by the way. I don't remember you know, exactly what I said. I don't have a photographic memory for what, <laughs> okay. what this yeah. article said. But it, I, I agreed with him. Like, you know, like you, you get into all these, you know, you understand. First, you get that understanding. Oh, beer doesn't all taste like Miller Lite or mm-hmm. Bud Light or whatever. And then you start to experiment with all these crazy beers. And then, you know, I think you do, you, you go back to, well, you know, I do like that time when I could have 15 beers. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's ten, I don't know, fifteen for me anyway. Yeah, and you go, what beer can I do that with? Mm-hmm. And a and lot of time, it's a clean pilsner. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I, I definitely think that. Yeah, it's a it's a maturation thing. There is also something to be said that you know, without marketing necessarily, and the you know triple hops brewed Miller lights and stuff like that. That style did take over the entire world for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it might be partially because of, you know, millions upon millions of dollars spent in advertising, but it's probably also because it's a it's a damn good beer style. And just for an everyday beer, like just an everyday beer, which is really what most beer is about. You know, most of the time you just want a really great beer and you don't have to think about your beer too. You just yeah. want it to taste good and be exactly what you want it to be and that there's very few beers style wise that do that as well as, as pilsner so and i, I wonder so all these people on rape beer right now you're hearing us <laughs> pilsners deserve five stars too or whatever you give them what is it i don't know how you rate oh, things we, on there we can talk about that it's a topic we could jump up you know it might be a good give segment. it to them they don't, it, oh it's this is the best pilsner i've ever had three stars <laughs> yeah well, I, I Maybe think, that's Yelp, but anyway, whatever it is. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, and what I think, think now uh, consumers are kind of moving away from. Uh, well, hopefully they are looking at a beer menu and seeing, okay, I'm going to get eight percent beer for seven dollars, or can oh, yeah. I get five percent for right. six? Like, oh, let me do that math in my head. Like, mm-hmm. I, hopefully they're beyond. No, that's never going to go, as long as there's 22 year olds. That's well, never, yeah. never going away, and you know. <laughs> God bless them. I was 22 yeah. once, you know. Yeah. You want to bang for your buck. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that it's probably less and less and less. I mean, there was something to be said uh about craft beer and higher alcohol were pretty linked. And yeah. it, partially by their own design. I mean, don't I mean, do you remember uh, you know, well, dog, Dogfish Head was like uh, talking mm-hmm. about how like, we're going to make strongest yeah. beer, the strongest fruit beer, the strongest fortified beer, the strongest stout. And, you know, because mm-hmm. they were, I think, trying to differentiate themselves. So a Indeed. lot of it. No, that's true. It yeah. is part of, of kind of what yeah. craft became yeah. known for is it that can. they have these extreme beers. IPA and, comes from the same thing. That's mm-hmm. why people sometimes ponder why IPAs are so popular. It's because that was the one way we could differentiate ourselves from the macros. And we had to get through that. And fortunately, we enjoyed a nice 10, 11, 12-year run. Yeah. Gave us all a <laughs> chance to get into beer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. And now everybody's, now the big boys, big boys are interested in IPAs now. <laughs> so many like little cans of worms that we could like. I had the Guinness oh, IPA yes. yesterday. The, the Guinness Nitro. Nitro IPA. How was yeah. it? A couple people have had it. Uh, what, what did you think of it? Uh, it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody I has mean, seemed impressed. Not, you know, as a beer, it wasn't, you know, it was what it was, but it's like, this is the worst idea they could have ever come up yeah. with. It's like, yeah. it's an English like not even a modern English style IPA. It's like an old English style IPA, mm-hmm. which are just unsellable in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You put IPA on a label, it's got to be hoppy. Yep. Then they put it on nitrogen just to dull the hop flavor yep. down a yeah. little bit more. Yep. <laughs> and then, you know, put Guinness's name on it. It's it's just a terrible, 
terrible idea. But that's a characteristic of any big corporate body that has five or six marketing people at three different yeah, tiers. Yeah. How many, they don't how many focus out, groups? They don't this figure one out something's through? cool until it's ten years too late, and then they suck at it anyway. <laughs> right. And they go, "Oh, this is what a real IPA tastes like in America." No, we can't make that. I mean, I can just picture all the old. You know, Irish guys around the table, got, well, you know, with their pints going, oh, this isn't oh, right. Oh, she's sure. We can't, oh my God, we can't possibly have this. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, tastes like crap homebrew. Oh my God. You know, and then they come up with this thing and, uh, no, it's gonna, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Cause like we want to make an IPA, but it still has to be Guinness, you know, it has to be yeah. our IPA, which isn't, it's like the furthest thing from <laughs> an IPA. And then also how many bars have multiple nitro lines, right? Probably yeah. not many. So right. they're probably just taking away from their, their cannibalizing own, their yeah. own handle. I mean, we're trying to win them back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good point. <laughs> good point. Patty good point. Could. Do you have Do you have Guinness on a pat? <laughs> Patty Long? I don't anymore. No. I now yeah. serve the Murphys. The Murphys. Oh. Yes. yes. <laughs> or a different kind of Irish bar serving a different kind of Irish stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, oh, what did we? We were just talking about something that we could talk about. Oh man, I wanted. It's not in my outline, but we, I said, oh, we could get into that right I now. Remember that? Oh no, this is terrible. Mm. Now I have to Good just kind of. Pat has a photographic memory. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. And then there was like, I was like, oh, there's so many things that we could get into. Um, it was. Pilsners. We were talking yeah, about the big know. boys doing. I don't uh, read minds IPAs, yet. I photographed just, memory. I don't read minds okay. yet. Oh, yes. That's exactly what it was. Thank you. Logan taking God. notes. Killer. He just turned it, turned the thing. He's like, this is what you're talking about. Uh, you're talking about uh, Pilsners. You know, oh, this is the best Pilsner I've ever had. I'm going to give it a three star, something oh, like that. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, I mean, I know people who have gone on to uh, rate beer and they see like the top percentiles of beer by style. So the top, you know, 10th, you know, the 90th percentile of Pilsner uh, is something like would be the, you know, uh, 20th percentile of IPA or double Mm -hmm. IPA or something like that. And it's it's absolutely ridiculous in 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 some senses, you know, Um, if you're just going off a this is a you know, what's the most bombastic and extreme beer or, or whatever you want to call it, then, then yeah, Pilsner wouldn't. But that's not what rapier is saying they are necessarily. So I want to have some sort of somebody go in and, and do some sort of analysis and have some sort of like algorithm that brings everything down. It, it normalizes. It normalizes curve. everything. Yeah, it puts everything on the same curve. So... A Pilsner and a double IPA and everything are all rated on the same curve. And I think it can be done. I think if somebody looked at style-wise where the ratings go and put everything on the same curve and then normalize it, you're an engineer. You can do that. Yeah. I'm Get out your slide rule, man. I, well, I think the problem is that... Because then you're going to have flywheel getting, you know, right up there with Pine of the Elder. <laughs> well, when people rate beer across different categories... You know, they could rate a Pilsner a four out of five and a IPA a four out of five, and they might like that IPA better just because their own personal taste. So, uh, you right, know. but but I still think they're going to be on. They're still on a curve, though. I think the curve yeah. is probably still generally I mean, we, accurate you know, you, within you, that style. You judge a BTI, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, we run into this all the time, where 
you know, we're tasting something and someone says, well, you know, this is you know, it's good beer, but, you know, this is not what I would call a, a porter. I, I think this is a stout, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Gerald, I remember when you God said bless that. him, he always says, well, look, you know, we don't, we're not going by style on this. You know, just put it up there with, or someone says, well, I don't like Kolsch's. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a pretty good one, you know, three out of five. Right. He'll go, well, you know, why don't you put up the, put that up against all the Kolsch's you don't like? Do you like this one, you know, the least or the right. most, you know? Right. And it, so it, it gets, it's all subjective. This is all yeah. subjective. Yeah. And nothing's more subjective than these, these website rating sites. They are, uh, I think... They're a good tool to find out what's popular because that's what rates high is what's popular, and but sometimes um, maybe now with this uh, now pilsners are, are popular and now we're talking about them on a beer podcast. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll go out you know in the next few months and see all the pilsner ratings go up. Who knows? I I don't probably not right. Sadly, I don't see that happening. <laughs> you don't see that happening. No, I don't. No. Um, but but I do think that those rating sites are are certainly a double edged sword. I mean, it gets people thinking about beer, drinking beer. And if, you know, if, 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 you know, pills, not that we're sitting here on the Pilsner council, maybe Tracy is, but, <laughs> <I am. laughs> but, but, you know, in general, it's like, yeah, people are drinking beer. That's a good thing. People thinking about beer, people tasting a beer and thinking about what they're tasting is, is generally very good. But then you have like a lot of the, you know, rarity and, um, you know, prestige associated with certain breweries that go into it. And, and that kind of warps everything. How much, how, how hard was it for me to get this beer? How long was the line that I waited in? How much did totally. I have to trade for it? What I mean, mood was I in when yeah. I drank it? I mean, it's, well, I mean, for sure. that too. But I mean, we all know that non-judge, you know, non-blind judging is mm-hmm. BS. It's yeah, not it, it, BS. It, it is. Like, there's to, no product in the world more susceptible to uh, marketing and a, a you know a, a label and a reputation and all the rest than beer because beer is so emotional for all of us. True. And when you strip all of that away, you get a much more honest uh, person's agree. opinion on on the liquid itself. Oh, I'm all about blind tastings. I mean, on my other podcast, I do them all the time. I do them in the store. I know. I, that's why I, I take know. like. So what are we arguing with? You yeah. said it was. You said anything but blind <laughs> tasting is Philly. BS. That's just his natural. And it's not reaction. BS because when you it know comes what? to judging liquid, I think it is. It, it, well, it, judging, but but I'm saying that's why these are popularity sites and they're good to check the popularity sure. on things because that's important too. Right. But the fact that you did wait in line for it and you're very excited about it i mean you and you actually are enjoying that more that's that's a cool experience too so i don't think it's i don't want to say it's bs to not to not tell no, about your right. experience yeah no and uh, yeah. yeah and that's why i'm saying you know all uh, and all, we can all do of those Pilsners beer too. is so emotional that you know yeah. all of those factors are incredibly important but if you I've really never want to know emotional about beer ever <laughs> 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 to me, it's just just observation, and I'm like a robot when you it comes are. to this <laughs> stuff. Just based on my on my personal lifestyle, I never uh, hit those sites. Right but for a minute, I, I was did. on Untapped, and I found the, a crankshaft page where my dear friend Lori Keller rated it four out of five stars. Mm-hmm. So I took a snapshot of it, of it on my phone. It's a good rating, by the way. Um, no. She's a good friend of mine. She's worked in my brewery. What the fuck? So I posted it to her Facebook page, all caps. What the fuck, Lori? 
good. It's well, crankshaft. I'm Chris, sorry. Chris, let's talk about your rating of Patty Long's on <laughs> true. Dear Advocate. That's true. <laughs> huh? Does anyone, do yeah. we talk about this on any of the shows once? No. No? Never. Yeah. So lowest rating you ever had. Lowest rating I had. <laughs> no way. Yes, yes. Oh I told you. And um, but he was the first rating I ever had. In fairness, and had you put on your beer advocate, I had the. You were the first beer advocate rating, right? And I and had the guide. I had the guide who it used to be manual. Had someone had to put you on there, and I had to meet me there. Showed him the place. I know. So I, know. I, I got you so, put on to right, BA. Right. But, but anyway. So years later, we're having a conversation. You know, and I was like, oh, I don't I don't rate that well on Beer Advocate. You're like, what are you talking about? You know, it's, oh, it's such a great place. You know, yeah. but why, I can't believe people aren't rating it higher. I said, well, you know, quite honestly, Chris, you have the lowest rating on there. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. That's an awesome story. <laughs> that is great. And I went back and I edited it. And I, I gave, I didn't, I went back and gave a, a re- it was a very lovely review. Yeah, right. You know, it was just the score that sucked. Right. Wait, and what was the score? Probably not even bad. Ninety. It wasn't. I don't. I don't know. I don't. It, it, didn't they do like three point something back then? It I wasn't. Know. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah, that was funny. It's a great place, though. I love. I love your bar. You know that. Um, that is so funny because it's all subjective. That's the other thing. Like, what is a what's a a, a eighty nine point bar to you? A bar. Like, what's an 89-point bar? What the fuck does that That's mean? one point away from me ever going there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I, right. I just had one breaker. more point. I would bother getting off my ass and going there and checking it out myself. But People this website says it's 89. Yeah, Nick, here, here's a funny story that I had a guy come into the shop. We were talking about it. And there's guys who like to check people, I should say, not just guys, who like to check their scores and stuff all the time, um, which is fine. And, uh, but sometimes when it, it does get frustrating for me when someone will listen to me and then engage and then immediately verify what I just said against the <laughs> score and then disregard everything I said other than like pointing to a beer. I should just been like, look up that score. But, <laughs> but essentially a guy was taught, he asked me about a beer it was from the brewery and I'm like, oh, I really like it. It's a uh, half barrel age, this with a, that. And it's, I think it's really good. And I was describing the flavor to him. He's like, that sounds amazing. It sounds exactly what I'm looking for. And he had it in his <laughs> hand. He looked it up. It was, uh, I think it scored, uh, an 88, 88 yeah. yeah. And he was like, sets it back down. Oh, and no. I said, if that had been a 90, would you have bought it? He goes, yeah. Yeah. It's oh, points. So it was like some, yeah. so, but, but you what go. you don't think about is like some person whose palate is completely different to you, or maybe is just an idiot or has a beef against the brewery or who, for whatever reason, might have just rated it low and brought it, the average down mm-hmm. two points. I mean, it's, it's crazy. There are some beers I've had that I've looked up in retrospect and they're rated like a 70 or 75. I'm like, oh, I do that all the time. Man, where, am uh, I an idiot? Because no, I, I just like what I like. I, yeah. don't, I don't look these beers up before I buy them. I'll be like, oh, this is fucking awesome, you know? And then I'm sorry, are we allowed to curse in the new studio? We are for oh, a little bit. Oh, okay. For a little bit. Tracy started. I think that's the oh, yeah. first F bomb I've ever dropped on the show, by the way. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. Oh, you did? Good. I did. Oh, I'll remember it, it forever. It but then up. it comes time to, to write up the beer menu, and I always look it up online to get the specs and whatever. And then I'll, you know, there's rape beer, and it's like, this has a 54 on rape beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rape beer what? can be harsh. Uh, yeah. Oh, I love this, you know. Yeah. But 
you know, turns out it was a logger. <laughs> right. So if you normalize that curve, that's like a 94. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, well, that's actually pretty high. Loggers get plus 54, and then you see a little thing. This is the highest rated logger on the site. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, guys, uh, let's take a, uh, a quick break, and let's, let's come back, and I want to talk about uh, the new, um, we're, people are calling it the, the Keurig of beer. And I'm excited to to talk about it. So uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment when we come back with the uh, Beer Temple Insiders Roundtable. Bye. Hi. You're listening to WLPN 105.5 FM Chicago Lumpen Radio. Welcome back to the Beer Temple Insiders Roundtable. I'm sitting here with Nick Pankey, Tracy Hurst, and Pat Berger getting into some heated arguments about growler <laughs> fills during, during the break. Um, we just can't stop talking about no beer. beer. We have to just keep keep talking. It's the only thing I know about. Yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, the, this thing I wanted to talk about was the uh, the Pico Brew, which I've it's getting a ton of of press in like mainstream media, not just you know geeky beer blogs and stuff that, that I like to read. But uh, have have any of you guys heard about this at all? Okay. So it's it's yeah, a I've... it's like a home brew. It's like it looks to me like a you know those bread makers that mm-hmm. maybe still are but certainly used to be popular. This the little thing, yeah, you, like the sunbeams. Yeah, mm-hmm. you push a button and then you get beer essentially. So there's been a bunch of them. Uh, I think they've had varying levels of uh, success, but there's this new one called the Pico, and they've come up with they had a popular one a couple of years ago. Anyway, um, they have a Kickstarter, like way overfunded. They were going for two hundred grand, and they've gotten over eight hundred so far pledged. Um, and uh, I mean, they've got some serious effort behind this thing. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, uh, I don't know how how would you guys describe this? So those Nick and and no, I, if yeah, you've seen it's, it. I, it's a Keurig. It seems. You know, like you go online and there's an app and you pick your recipes and um, you can see people all over the country, what they rate the recipes, of course, the ratings, yeah. um, you know, the m- most popular. And and then you get like a, oh, a, a pack in mm-hmm. in the mail or something like that. It's got your, your grain in one pack and it's got your hops in another and it's got these two little bins essentially so you just dump your grain into one bin and you dump your hops into the other and then you just like plug it in and push go and then you can like dial in the alcohol and the bitterness that's what i don't understand i don't understand how they're gonna pull that off i kind of can visualize home brewing and having it be like a black box if you put all your ingredients into a separate compartment and there's a timer in there and it does everything for you Man, that's lazy, and that sucks. <laughs> can you do it from your phone? Yeah, probably. <laughs> you right, can I'm definitely. In. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't like to get up, up off the couch. I like to do it from my phone. Yeah. So essentially, so, then you ferment it for a week. You you take it out, and then you add your yeast, mm-hmm. which comes from it's like White Labs. It, it, they have special packs just for this thing, and then you put the top onto it, which looks like it has an integrated. Uh, airlock on it and then it's got a little serving vessel that carbs it for you and you know pulls it out off the 
off the grain. I'm not even sure I, how it works. I would need like a, like the video was cool marketing. I would need like an actual demonstration because has anyone like, had beer off of this thing? Uh, the Ray Daniels, the- who was on last week, has owns I think or has drank at least from the previous version of it, uh-huh. and he was not super impressed. Okay, I mean but, that's you know that's the but they have like these superstar drinkers not tasting it blind, but like oh man that's good oh, for like the Sam for Cal the commercial. Journey. Oh yeah, but that's the other thing. They've gotten they all. Backers. When I say Keurig, you know how Keurig you can get like the Starbucks one or the Dunkin' Donuts one. So they've got all these breweries signed on to to do it. So you can like buy. So they don't have any like I don't know bias to say that it tastes good. Oh <laughs> no, they totally. <laughs> yeah, do. exactly. No, it's it's in a yeah. commercial. Well, you know that. Right, right. Yeah. No, I didn't watch the commercial. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like. A great idea that probably doesn't work that well. Is it a great well. idea? I, Even I was, if it works, if it works, if it works, it, is a great idea. Yeah, if it works really well, is it a great idea? If, I, I say yes. If it, as a lazy man, yes. By but works, going by works, the, do you mean does it make money, or by works do you mean <laughs> yeah, does it make good, does beer? make good beer? Does it because make good beer? Is what I mean. If it makes good beer, man, isn't a if lot it makes of good beer? It's a great idea. But you do, you because good beer is the thing? result. Yes. Why? Why? Why would you? Why you would you love to sit there and stir your mash and do all the labor of making homebrew? Otherwise, you're I, not making it. I mean, I kind of do, as well just but buy sometimes it. I really exactly. don't. That's why I don't do it as often as I used to. It's a pain in the in like. The but bowl, you wouldn't you know? take any pride. You would. You wouldn't take any pride in going online, <laughs> clicking a button like, "Oh, I want to. I want to make a brown ale." Okay, someone's going to ship me the ingredients. I'm going to put it. I'm going to hit a button. A week later, I get to put in a little pony, like a little mini keg, and bring it over to a party and be like, I brewed this. No, like that's ridiculous. Uh, I do make collaboration beers. It's not that different. It sounds like like the microwave meal of brewing. And microwave meals aren't that great because you don't. We can't just go ahead and, you know. I'm not going to say it's not. I'm saying let's. None of us have any idea what it's like, right? But you are asking if it made great beer. Mm -hmm. Is it uh, is a great idea? Of course it is. I think think we're all doubting that it makes great beer. I mean, you know, that's that's definitely. uh, I mean, it yeah, it's not going to make. But if it if beer if if they create something that you know you press a button and certainly fresh beer and I mean is it though are the ingredients fresh we don't know. I mean, yeah, who knows? I don't know. I don't know the work that our head brewer does in the brewery. I just can't see it being reduced down to that. It's, <laughs> I yeah. mean, in order, no, there's definitely. such a thing as house. Well, go to, a, I mean, go to an automated German brew house. You know, there's such a uh, thing as you know. I went to Ondex. They make some of the greatest beer in the world. There was a monk in full robes sitting at a computer, pointing <laughs> and clicking in the middle of a giant automated brew house. Did that make the beer taste worse? Probably probably made it taste better because it's all, you know, computers are pretty exact when they do stuff. Yeah. But what, what were you saying, uh, Tracy? There is such a thing as Hausgeschmeckt, and yeah, that is definitely. that has to do with how the brewers brew and how they teach their brew team to brew. And that's why, you know, you can put you talk about blind tasting. If you were to put a three Floyds beer under my nose, oh. And not tell me. I would probably pick it up because I know their house geschmacked. Same mm-hmm. with Half Acre. Yeah. So I have a hard time believing. I mean, the Monk example is an interesting example because I'm certainly not averse to technology. But 
there has to, I don't know, there's got to be a place well, I think where the that fact changes. is we, we haven't figured out how to really make it, you know, automated without spending billions, you know, millions of dollars. But mm-hmm. if it were humanly possible, I think it would be pretty cool. So, if, like, you, I like that you're you, you optimistic. I think that's cool. But you, you personally, Pat, if this machine was proven to produce five gallons of excellent beer, would you buy one? Um, I wouldn't have to. I would just make it myself. Exactly. Press the button myself, man. Wouldn't have to buy it, right? I mean, you know, if I found out that that's how a brewery was making beer, they, they there are breweries that kind of make beer that way, you know, and but on a mass uh, scale. Uh, yeah, like they make it on a mass scale that way. Um, that's the only way I think automated brewing is really happening is on on a mass scale. Yeah. This is automated brewing on a on a home scale. Um, you know, it's. I think part of the struggle and like the pain in the ass that home brewing is is yeah. part of the experience, yep. and, and it's part of the reason I don't do it that much because it's a pain <laughs> in the ass. But I would, I wouldn't, I would just rather find a beer on the shelf that I really like to bring over to a party and be like, I like this beer, and this is why. Not, I hit a button and brewed this. Like I literally put in less effort to brew this beer than I did to get up off my ass and go to the store and buy it. Right. And I'm not going to lie. There's an an economic impact, of course, because if all of a sudden it just sounds ridiculous putting these words together, but if all of a sudden in your kitchen, any Joe Schmo could brew as well as Doug Hurst brews, yeah, you know what? I would just lock the brewery door and throw the keys through the window behind (laughs) me. I mean, come on. I, I don't think we're suggesting that that's the case. No, that's what I'm saying, though. Yeah. If that were even possible, that would completely change the scope of my life. So that's yeah. no doubt coloring my opinion on the matter. Sure, sure. I mean, How much somebody, is one of these things retailing for? Um, that's a good question. I should probably have an answer for. Uh, but I'm not sure that I What's it called? Do. It's called like Pico. Pico Brew. Yeah. It sounds like none of us know anything about this Pico I don't, Brew. I don't no, know. no. I mean, it's I a was, Kickstarter. <laughs> it's not made yet. You can't buy oh, it. Okay. I, I was so it. enthralled by their marketing, I forgot to look at the price. <laughs> but job it, well done, guys. Two grand. Wow. No, no, no. That's well, the Zymatic. That's no, no. Zymatic. That's, that's, the, oh. that's the previous okay. one. The oh, newer sorry. one's going to be less less money and smaller and, and yeah, everything like, like that. So uh, the people behind it, though, are some, like, hardcore, like, Silicon Valley bigwigs, like former VPs for Microsoft. There's a food science engineer. 500 bucks? Yeah, 500 bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's what a, a PlayStation Four or whatever. Let's talk about Kickstarter. <laughs> Let's talk about Kickstarter for a second. Couldn't these guys gone to a bank? Well, oh, no, we think they did. Yeah, there's a lot of money behind this. I think their final round of funding, or really, I think they're like, oh, this is a great marketing platform because yeah. it's going to get it's idiots free, talking about free it on ad- a podcast. Free idiot being me. Yeah. <laughs> it's it get worked, idiot. Chris. God, nice yeah. work. Yeah. God, we fell for it again. Oh, yeah, God. right. Damn it. So it'll be a grand. It's going to be a grand. A grand at market. So if you got in early, you could get it for five hundred bucks, a thousand dollars. I mean, you should see. But they've got like you were telling, like the the company who's going to be manufacturing them or Flextronics or something Flex, like. Yeah, they're partnered with Flextronics, which is a huge company and very well respected. Um, yeah. So these guys have some like they've got some bad coin. I mean, you're talking about. Well, who are these idiots given to the Kickstarter? People right. who want it for five hundred instead of a thousand, basically, probably. 
Is that, is that what you get for giving to it? Yeah. What? Yeah, you get in, you get like a cheaper price. You missed out. Now, look at... He's like, wait, what? I missed? I missed <laughs> out? Fear of missing out. Yeah, you missed out on the Pico. You know what? You mm. just All your collaborations. Set that Longs at the, at the end. Charge people. <laughs> no. Charge people 25 bucks. He's going to come on. Ingredients. No, he's going to... their own beer. No, no. He's going to no, gonna gonna come on every, every week. And talk about his new collaboration, and it's just which Pico, <laughs> me and Pico, whichever me Pico and Pico have a new grow. collaboration. If, yeah. if only you could, if me and Dogfish doing a collaboration. It's the uh, Pico Indian Brown, and uh, you know I dial back to bitterness a little bit, and uh, literally there's That's a dial and dial. dial it back. If only you could sell it in growlers out of your place, <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, That's Here right. Brewed on premise, I should be able to sell it in a growler. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> You heard it here first. The future of, of collaborations. I do think it's it's interesting how they're also getting like there's gonna be a whole like voting thing and you can get your homebrew made and sent out mm-hmm. and so they're trying to get some sort of interaction and engagement. There's a lot of people who seem to know I don't know, this market and there's a lot of smart people behind this thing. I don't know. It's I'm not I don't it's- Feel it. I don't feel like the. But remember, I don't know. It remember doesn't how, move it, me how exciting it is when you go into like a a fast food restaurant and they have that Coke machine that you can add whatever. Flavor I hate you want. that machine. See, <laughs> that's me. I hate that machine. That stupid one it's where like it's just that, buttons. It's like that. For My beer. kids love it. Oh god! Really? It's the way of the lime, future, Chris. Lime, no cherry Coke. Oh, I hate them. Just give me the the every single single. Actually, give me Would a person to give me the one I want. That's what I want. You know? <laughs> I'm paying I you the money. Yeah. You are giving me the drink. That your kids love that one. Half of them are always they out. do. Yeah. It's like oh, well, and then they make this some ridiculous, disgusting concoction and go, oh, this is gross. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which is so which, which a, is the pico brew. So it's a toy. <laughs> it's it's it a toy <laughs> essentially. Um, anyway. Uh, it, it's probably you know we'll talk about the BCS rare uh, again because I'm I'm a, I'm obs- obsessed with it is that what I am that's what I said you were obsessed okay with it, yes. I'm obsessed uh, so we're doing um, uh, like a cost of goods sold uh, analysis for it we're gonna actually punt for a second week in a row because uh, and I'm sorry guys I know you're you're very interested in in hearing how this thing finishes up but I I need the the time of like skilled people to do this last part. I can't just ask other people, how much does this cost? Um, so we're getting a whole bunch of stuff amortized and it's going to take, uh, we've have a couple of people who are committed to doing it, but it's going to take them several hours and, and not to put it all on other people, but it's, uh, you're seriously trying to figure out exactly how much <laughs> did you just ask each bottle of, no, ECS I didn't want to cost that. to make. That's what you're trying and to do. You could just ask, ask who, Goose Island, they have all of that. And you don't think you're obsessed? (laughs) No, I thought it was a fun experiment. It's a, it's a good. Oh no, no, don't mean to. It's an intellectual, intellectual beer exercise. So wait, you think someone would tell you? No, you could ask though. Sure, I could ask. Right now, that said, I did hear from Goose Island, and they said that uh, one, they thought it was really cool, and that we've been doing a really good job at it and you know it could be trying to like trash and stuff they like totally that totally don't feel that way but go ahead mm-hmm. fine <laughs> no i'm just not, yeah. maybe they don't but they said it no they don't but they, they said, said it. it that's nice yeah they called me and said so and that's uh, nice. yeah. also said that we're we're seems to be pretty accurate 
pretty close to okay. to the numbers. Right. So that's probably and the best intel you're gonna get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think it is it is cool. You know, um, it's a little sensitive because it's BCS rare, but it's cool. I think for people to find out when you buy a beer, what are you paying for? Eh, it's it's partially that. No, right? Like, like that beer is not a beer. It's like a, it's a very special beer. Correct. You know? So. But you could do it with any beer, and I, I would right. be, I would be almost yeah. You could do it with any beer. I mean, I think we picked a very special one because it has a very you know high price point, and it has all these crazy mm-hmm. things going to it. And you know, yeah. what do those beers cost to make? And we've had some brewers. Uh, and, and the funny thing is, not like nobody that we've talked to has the complete picture of, of what something would cost. So they're all yeah. everyone who's contributed is very interested to hear what the end result is. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been pretty pretty enlightening. I mean, the it's a very inefficient beer to brew, like incredibly mm-hmm. inefficient, which is kind of interesting. And the darn cost of that box is <laughs> out of control. Yeah. Packaging is very expensive. You know how much that box costs, that wooden box it's coming in? It's like eight bucks a pop. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So, and the beer, the bottle is 60? Yeah. 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 And so what, what so have you come up with, is it... Uh, is everyone getting a deal or is this still overpriced? What is the verdict? We're not, we're not doing that. And we're not talking about soft costs like marketing or either. You're not talking about we're, uh, well, we're trying to do fixed costs, but not opportunity costs, if that makes sense. So that's why we need people to help amortize the cost of the tanks and the barrel racks and the, mm-hmm. the flooring that they put in and the trench drains and all that sort of yeah, stuff. And I, I think well, but we're not supposed to be talking about it on this show. <laughs> yeah, they have them in their barrel warehouse. Uh, Just yeah. the, the thing is, warehouse. is that yeah. that's yeah, not yeah, even yeah. a fixed cost. That's a structural cost. Right, right, So all right. of the beers benefit from that cost. So it's really exactly. not relevant when you're counting, when you're just trying to figure out. Well, it's going to be a tiny, tiny little fraction because it's going to be... a like how much in a certain year is going to be benefited from that. And then from those beers, what percentage is this beer? So it's, we're really going to try to dial Seriously, it in. Seriously, this is obsessive. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Real, I run a right? business. I write our business plans and I, that's crazy. I think, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I will. One thing. What? Um, I was probably watching, uh, not probably, I was watching a stupid video on YouTube. I'm sure it was stupid. Mm-hmm. But uh, the grit and grain came up as yeah. that uh, advertisement. I thought that was pretty cool. So I know that uh, Michael Kaiser is heavily involved in that. And I thought that was, I mean, it was just, I mean, it was probably like a cat falling off a bed or something stupid like that. But like, <laughs> boom, I'm hit with like this grit and grain. Grit so. and grain, it was... Oh, it was like pushed to you. Yeah, it was like that one where you can skip the ad after five seconds. I probably gave it seven to eight. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know. That's a good ad. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, um, you're hovering over that oh, thing, man. waiting just, for it to just waiting. Got to see that cat fall off. That now thing. that I've been ripped apart for something, I've been no. spending oh, a serious no. amount of time trying to uh, to work on. And I will say, people have been. Responding very positively to it, whether <laughs> they really agree or not. You know uh, what? I ser- I sincerely am. I am. I admire your work, but I have to ask: Is the underpinning question here? The is the price tag really justified? Is that what you're getting at? I don't know. I mean, I how think- could it not be? I, I mean, why else would you go through all of this if you're not saying it this was? A, beer is it, too expensive? it started out as a letter. 
started out as a letter to yeah. us asking yeah. like we've you because we talked about it we talked about From how much it cost yeah and someone <laughs> said could you figure out the the actual costs and uh started laying out some some ideas for it and we brought it up as the letter and said well let's see if we can figure it out mm-hmm. so that's yeah. why we did yeah. it and you're still working on it um. Yeah. So we've done the. F- uh, well, people who listen to the show have already heard this. So let's move on. I don't know. Yeah. Have no, I we broke sorry. It. We'll talk about. We'll talk about it uh, during a break because all these people are like, "Yes, yes, we've heard this." Sorry. All right. Sorry. Um, sorry yeah. No. I've got it's okay. Three kids. I can't listen to a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So we've we've been doing it in sections. So we did like the liquid and then um, like other fixed costs, and now we're doing some other costs in the final one so uh but it's been it's been fun I, yeah. I, it's been eye-opening for for me anyway um so i wanted to get speaking of letters i wanted to get to to some letters uh for those of you guys uh who want to um have an idea that you have get ripped apart by later <laughs> guests something that you're truly and generally genuinely interested in um uh, send it to yeah, in, insiders <laughs> at craftbeertemple.com. Uh, it can just be general comments. We've had some people talking about um, you know, correcting us and saying, well, you said this, but actually the data shows you're wrong. I never read those. Yeah, no, <laughs> no one can ever know. Wait till no. Logan News Fusion letters come in. <laughs> yeah, right? It was actually 40. It wasn't 30-something. Um, so uh, anyway, we got a letter from Jack. And uh, he says um, that he was reading uh, a recent article about the uh, Boston Beers Q3 reporting, um, and he thought that, to him, he had some questions I thought might make for interesting discussion on the show. And his question is, is it good or bad for craft beer that Sam Adams is trend tracing? Trend chasing. Uh, I'd like to know what the panel thinks about the Sam about Sam Adams adding a grapefruit IPA and a double IPA with a suggested quote drink by date on the label. They're claiming these offerings are non duplicative of other options on the market, but seem pretty clearly targeted at undercutting Ballast Point and Stone. Mm-hmm. And the article that he's referring to is basically that um, that their their Sam Adams numbers are up and it's. Um, while some of their mainstays, like let's say Boston Lager, are down, it's stuff like their Curious uh, Traveler Shandy and their Root Beer and their Twisted I think their Tea. Their cider is coming up. The and Angry, Angry Orchard. Orchard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's it's some of those kind of like spinoffs. Yeah, Tra- uh, Traveler Beer, Coney Island Root Beer, and the Twisted tea brands and now they've got yeah a grapefruit double ipa and this raw double ipa which is um essentially the exact same uh concept as stone and joy by which is a beer that is has a very very short uh shelf life and that it's meant to be drunk incredibly fresh and it's all about how important it is to drink this beer fresh and it's very hoppy um so now sam adams is taking their rebel ipa and which they've have several versions of that, and they're doing one called uh, Rebel Raw Double IPA, um, and it says you know hazy from hoppiness, and it's got I think something like a sixty day shelf life or something really, really short. So, um, uh, oh, sold through in thirty seven days. They're saying so really short. Okay, um, is it? I mean, is it good or bad, or is that kind of not the right question? It, 
So thank you, Jack, for the for the question. I, yeah. Nobody. Oh, no, that's a great question. I didn't even know about this. Yeah, this yeah. we awesome. get some good questions, yeah. don't we? I was, Worth uh, discussing and thinking about. Let me throw two things out there. One, that yes, they absolutely stole this idea from Stone. Yeah. And two, I bet it's delicious. Uh, it, you know. So then you go to the next thing. Is it good or is it bad? I, um, I, you know. Got to ask Stone, I guess. Well, Greg Cook was quoted in an article. I shared it on my Facebook page where he, they were all sitting around and seeing the press about this and uh, Sam Adams. About what? This? That this was their idea. This is their innovation. And they were all sitting around going, oh, bullshit. We've been doing this. Greg Cook. Oh, and the oh, and oh. the stone team. Mm-hmm. So But Sam Adams was claiming this was their innovation. Yes, that yeah, was their idea. Yeah. So so I mean I posted about it and the article was good and that's what I like about Greg Cook is he will call people out on their shit like that. So yeah. I haven't tried the beer. I mean, you I'm, know, I think Stone came I bet up with the idea. I bet it's great. I bet it's good too. Yeah. But like the definition of craft is now so big. <sighs> like Sam Adams is obviously the biggest craft brewer or maybe the smallest macro brewer. So of course they're going to be chasing the smaller guys. I mean, Mm. that's just how it is in every industry. Smaller companies um, innovate innovate quicker and then larger companies chase after that. To claim that it's their own is a little... Mm -hmm. um, Disingenuous. Yeah. That's off topic, but that is the article where... But, you know, this is nothing new for Sam Adams. You know, they are uh, not the most genuine company. How so? Uh, well, uh, you know, there's the whole fact that they didn't even have a brewery until what? I don't know. Yeah, look it up on your computer. It was the 2000s, right. I think. And when you say they didn't have their own brewery, what they were what a do you contract mean? brewed beer um, who claimed, you know, a Boston, some sort of a Boston identity. They, uh, you know, came up with a very clever and and very successful marketing program, um, claiming that it's, you know, a ancient recipe from sam adams himself you know i don't think any of that was actually true did they really do that i'm pretty sure that's like the whole it's, basis okay. of that's brewer, like the, brewer patriot and you know right. like, yeah i think that's whole bit like somehow he was related to sam adams maybe even oh, was wow. a story being floated around and stuff I, whatever you know it is what it is i you know uh, i i am famous for threatening to punch him in the balls so that's true uh, <laughs> I, I should take the stance that he's that. he's that uh, of your uh, he's blog full of shit, but his blog, yes yeah uh but uh, he makes great beer it's good he he doesn't skimp on ingredients he doesn't skimp on technique and and all the rest of it so in the end is it good for craft beer i think it is and i'm going to say that because sam adams in general has been good very good for craft beer um and you know sorry uh stone that they stole it from you but at the same time, you know, um, uh, you know, maybe you should be complimented. Question, I don't know. I, you know, maybe t- think, take it as a, a imitation is the, f- the sincerest form of flattery. And I, I think that Stone is hitting a different consumer than Sam Adams is hitting. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine well, someone, for now. I know Stone's getting pretty big too. Yeah, but I can't know? imagine Stone. The people who come into Chris's store and getting the enjoy by. Um, all of a sudden, are like, oh, oh my god! Like I want to try that Rebel Raw. I mean, I think yeah. we're gonna, oh, we're I want to bring it into the shop. When I, I go to Beer yeah. Fest, Sam Adams' booth is awesome. Like, is anyone going to buy that at your shop? By the way, that's a good question. Yeah, I'd love oh, to know. I yeah. bet you they will. Yeah, uh, because of curiosity. Yeah. yeah. 
Maybe I'll bring it in. Which, you know what? There you go. I mean, that, oh, hmm. you're welcome. Mm-hmm. My bill will be, my consulting fee will be. Yeah. I'm stealing uh, from you just yeah, like Sam right. Adams does. Uh, um, no. But, but uh, you know, we all steal from each other, by the way. And yeah. uh, True. You know, Stone is not the first person to uh, have someone riff on their idea. Um, you know, the, the it, crap beer community used to be a community. Um, at the same time, yeah, I, I, I can craft see there used to be a community. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, you know, it used to be a lot of shared information and a lot of com- camaraderie, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, we've covered that on, on different shows. That's going away. The big money is in, you mm-hmm. know, um, uh, you know, we shouldn't even call it craft beer anymore, but craft beer is making tons of money, right? Whatever that mm-hmm. is. And uh, that always changes the landscape. And people start to get yeah. legal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, money in general has had an effect, I think, from the very top to the very bottom. Even even consumers now. I mean, you talk about people flipping, flipping beer and stuff like that. Trading has now become kind of flipping. And even trading is based on dollar-for-dollar dollar value or bottle count has to be somewhat similar or this and that. And it's so funny. It's not about, I want to try this beer. I have I have this beer. You want this beer. I ha- I want the beer you have. Let's trade. It's now we have to set up the perfect trade that makes financial sense. And I think a lot of it has to do with it. It, it comes down to money. It's funny yeah. it, 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 in a very isolated way from from you know buyouts and stuff like that. But yeah. I do think when when there's money involved, but not really. Changes. You know, all these yeah. buyouts are part of that. You know, yeah. this is all. You know, it's becoming. <laughs> Craft beer is popular. I can't believe right. it either. I know. Right. I'm shocked as I'm as shocked as anyone. Tracy, you had something you wanted to say. I thought out of the corner of my eye. Um, I did. I was listening to the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, it's too far back now. Okay. We've progressed. We've progressed in the conversation. We went too far. No, I think we probably regressed. Honestly, we yeah. started talking about someone check the notes, and cash, and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Logan, but well, in terms oh, yeah. of the, the, the rebel raw and will people right. buy it and and yeah. here's the thing i you know my livelihood depends on craft beer and um i it's not only that i want to live a comfortable nice life and i want my brewery to have what it it deserves but i also get to give out jobs and i get to be an active member in the community and i get to think about later when i want to do my own, you know, help other small businesses develop in Chicago. So it is definitely about money, but it is absolutely entirely possible to still have principle and ethics and still engage yourself with money and capitalism. Sure. Um, and I think the original question is chasing trends. Yes. I never have had any respect for that. And that's not to say I don't have respect for Sam Adams, because I certainly do, The you know, the brewery and all, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's much more it's a much more a much richer world for us to live in if we're innovating and coming up with our own ideas and yeah, sharing with each other and but I think if you're just chasing trends just to make sure that you make your numbers, you know, all, all, all the people like me who've been in craft beer for a long time, we start to lose respect for that. I think mm-hmm. it's uh, you know bourbon barrel aged stouts, right? I mean. How many breweries don't do that? It's such a gray area. It really is because, like, if something's... Well, isn't isn't that... A, I mean, there's duplicative, which I think is what Jack was saying. There's also, like, derivative yes. or yeah. inspired by. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, man, the area gets gray. And the thing is, like, 
uh, a lot of people, let's take the other beer, uh, the, the grapefruit IPA, you know, a lot of people have been doing grapefruit IPAs. There's mm-hmm. an arcade brewing here, a tiny little brewery here in Chicago making a grapefruit IPA. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ballast Point has certainly has the most mm-hmm. uh, well-known one mm-hmm. for now anyway. Um, so it's okay that everyone's copying the idea until someone bigger than you copies the idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. You know? Yeah, maybe. You know, well, Lagunitas has that Apple IPA that I was talking about earlier. And, you know, yeah. isn't that the small guy's job to innovate and create mm-hmm. sure. and, yeah. and, and set the trends? And the big guy has to follow the trends because yeah. there are so many people involved and so many people losing money if it goes bad that that's what they do. They go the safe route. That's what big, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why you put your money in a big bank and why, you you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, th- those people have to exist. Yeah. Once it's the tr- a small guy's job to tell them, you know, to, to show them what works and what doesn't. I guess it's just the scale of small ballast point and stone, you know? Yeah. What were you saying? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, like they are chasing the trend because they know that trend has already been proven to be successful. They're not going to throw their money yeah. after something that's going to cost them a lot of money. They did that once and it paid off giant for them. What's that? Sam Adams. They put their money in craft beer in 1982 oh, 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 right. or whatever it was when they were, you know, paid off huge for them. So, you know, maybe it'll be uh, a stone who uh, next time, you know, steals uh, one of Ed's, you know, Mars Brewing recipes. He's going to come out with a pho beer. Who knows? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I, well, my entire, my entire brewery's portfolio is built on beers that have already been made. I mean, we've, true, done, yeah. we've done some innovation within that, but we very proudly say that we are celebrating beers that have been around for centuries. So there's a way to do it and still be cool. <laughs> um, well, let's, uh, we, we, is it about time for a break or should we, uh, give a couple four short break? Okay. Let's take a, let's take a five minute break and, uh, we'll come back, uh, with more of the insiders round table. Thanks guys. Is that appropriate? Yeah. Welcome back to the beer temple insiders round table. I'm your host, Chris Quinn. I'm joined by Nicholas Panky. Oh wow! And, yeah, Nicholas. I got, a, I got a Nicholas on that one. Well, you've you've uh, you've matured <laughs> in the, during the course of the show. Thank you. Uh, you earned it, Patrick Berger, and uh, I don't know how to make Tracy sound longer and more. You can't. Yeah, no, I can't. Classy, oh. just the way it is. No, you won't even get a last name, Tracy. The, uh, yep, Tracy right, from share. Metro. Yeah, I'm even going to truncate the name of the brewery, Tracy from Metro. Um, thanks for, for sticking around guys. Um, I was talking about how we're kind of blasting through the, uh, the topics here. Um, so we're going to go to some, some heavy hitting stuff, but I, I do think there is some, some meat on the bones of this story. It's the stone cold Steve Austin beer. <laughs> Cause stone yep. cold says stone so. Cold. Yep. So, John, I mean, there's, there's been, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm I prefer the John Cena beer myself. Do you? Yes. <laughs> I can't okay. see it, though. I yeah. can't see it. Doesn't it have a, like a spinner type thing? I don't even know what that means, man. I can't. Is that Come his thing? On. I can't see it. You're waving your face in front of the yeah. mi- your John hand Cena. in front of the microphone. Ooh. John Cena. John Cena. You do have young boys. I can tell I do. Pat. They love yeah. John Cena. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stone Cold. He's old news, man. Yeah, man. He's got a beer now? He's got a beer. Well, yeah. you know, his Who whole thing it? was... Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, there is the beer El Segundo Brewery makes it, um, and it's an IPA, 
It's not like a light lager. So th- <laughs> that to me was kind of telling, you know. So but whenever it like there was a IPA, isn't it a session IPA? <laughs> no, uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's like six uh, percent or something mm. like that, right? Is it is it super low? I thought one of the marketing things is like, uh, you know, it tastes <laughs> a little hoppy, <laughs> but you know, after a hard day's work, you come down and drink your IPA or four of them, right? Uh, I'm looking at the label. No, six point seven. You're wrong. Oh wow! Boom. God, there's going to be some drunk people after yeah. they get done. Their <laughs> so there lawn. are a few things about it. Anyway, one Just was like Stone Cold Steve Austin. There was so I mean, I, I I do think that there is some stuff that could be. This isn't total fluff. I think it's it's interesting. There's always been kind of celebrity people just like slapping their names on the stuff and i'm sure beer for a while yeah big big hurt hurt. walter payton's has a beer Mm -hmm. or had a beer with his name on or something like that um but they've always been the roundhouse he had a brewery but they they have in general been like really bad lagers it it seems to me you know so now ipa so now it's like that's what you put your name on. I think it's it's telling that Stone Cold Steve Austin, who his whole thing was like t- drinking two Coors Lights, shotgunning mm. Coors Lights in the middle of the ring. No, the original the PK, um, <laughs> and and then flipping the bird, and now he's doing uh, an IPA. Yeah. Um, the other thing is when uh, I was looking up, you know, just just different articles on. On this beer, you know, number one was the the L.A. Times um, in the, their food section, but like the number two hit was the Bro Bible. <laughs> so, like again, oh yeah, Wait, the, the Bro Bible, the Bro Bible, man, oh, yeah. Lord Almighty, yeah, Pat's a contributor. You I know, know I know the Bro Bible. <laughs> that Facebook. seems right in my demographic. Actually, I should probably check that out. I love it, Pat. That I cannot tell if you're. Being facetious or serious, I know the bro I Bible. I know the bro Bible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, what they give it? Would they give it two oh. stars? Oh, they definitely two middle fingers up. Yeah, uh, no, they were they they're pro Stone Cold Steve <laughs> Austin beer. They liked it. Yeah, <laughs> good. good. So it's called Stone uh, Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA. So it's uh, it's not on Ray Beer or Beer Advocate yet. You can't find out what the. Uh, it doesn't. There's going to be. I think it's. They're expecting it to, you know, sell out very, very quickly. And there's going to be an event to, at the brewery, and it's the most hyped beer that this brewery's ever made. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's the same old, same old of this like cross promoting, and you yeah. bring in two different segments, and now they're magically interested in it and stuff okay. like that. But it's, uh, it's funny to see it kind of happen in our little neck of the woods you know yeah. i mean this is a small little brewery doing this you right know? right and i, I think a, I, lo- a lot of people know about wrestling and um maybe they just don't talk about it in public like i i, I honestly think like i could i haven't watched wrestling in i mean maybe since i was in high school so you're talking uh 15 years and i could probably name 10 wrestlers that are current right now just from other advertising and stuff. And yeah, I, 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 I took, like I took a 25 like year it. break from wrestling. Then I had three, three boys, three boys. And now we're, we're right back in it. But, um, you know, it, once again, is it good beer? Is it good? Who knows? Mm. The Iron Maiden beer was, uh, Trooper had a couple. Yeah. Trooper had a couple of good, 
um, uh, uh, runs, and mm-hmm. I don't know who's making it now. I mean, you know, it's 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 another problem with contract brewing, quite frankly. Um, you know, people always get down on me because I'm I'm hard on the contract brewers and the gypsy brewers and all that. But consistency is a problem with those things, mm-hmm. and that's what happened with Iron Maiden. I tasted some samples that were killer, and then tasted some a year later. They weren't that great. Found out they were wow. being made somewhere else. Oh, they're not making the Trooper at the same place anymore? That's what I was told. Mm, interesting. It's Could coming. take a look. Um, you know, and the same is it holds true for all all these people that don't have a, a, a home, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you got to be on top of it. Um, uh, you know, the the Big Hurt beer, I think that was... yeah. That was bad throughout. That was not good. No, that was terrible. Are they still? I saw. I saw them on the side of a truck recently. I don't know if the. So I'm going to go on the record and say I have not heard the troopers being made somewhere else. It 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 was being made online. Robinsons is is making it. That's who certainly was making it from the get go. Uh, I they've always made it. I don't know. I mean, I had not heard it, so maybe 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 I got some old samplers or something. This is a highly speculative show. I love it. This whole show has been "Eh, whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Throwing out topics none of us know anything about. (laughs) Highly speculate on everything. It's just like you know, four people drinking at a bar. Yeah, Yeah. I want some response from these listeners, right? (laughs) Sometimes there's one Clavin. Sometimes there's four Clavins. You know, I mean, that's just how it goes. But yeah, so well, tell me about so that's your thing against Gypsy Brewing is that you don't have any control over what's going on or that it's not. I could never be absolutely positive that you know one beer is going to taste as good as the last one. Yeah. Oh, that is. I'm shocked to find something you and I agree on. I agree with you. I, you know what? Put your balls on the line and set up your own brewery. Now that's a thing that I've heard so many times from from brewers, and it, it seems to be. I mean, so much that it's it's like almost like consensus. I mean, there's people who there are brewers who don't agree who own their own breweries, but the general consensus mm-hmm. is, yeah, uh, that uh, Gypsy Brewing and Contract Brewing is is not seen in the same light and not seen as positively as uh, you know owning your own brewery and. Is it is it just put your balls on the line, or, or is there anything else? What's it the deal? It is for me. You know, yeah. if you're going to enter this industry and you're going to have something to say, do it in your own house. Do it yourself. I mean, that's a Gen Xer thing too. You know, I believe if you want to do something, you want to make something, make it yourself. No, I'm not I, saying I totally I, agree. I well, here's I the agree. the argument that I've heard that I say honestly, I don't have a strong opinion one way or or another. Um, but what people say uh, in defense of it is, you know, what's better for me to go terribly into debt in order to buy a brewery or for me to put out the beer for people uh, for less money using somebody else's equipment that it's they're not, not that they're not using anyway. If they've got excess space, so less I'm money them for out. them. It's never less money for the consumer. Yeah. Now you got all these hands in the pot. You know, mm-hmm. it's gypsy beer is always more expensive. Now I'm not gonna go. I, I, I don't personally think that everyone has to, you know. Uh, that's a good. That's a good point. I never heard that yeah, retort. I, I don't think everyone has to throw their their hat in the ring and 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 build a brewery if that doesn't work for their business model. Mm-hmm. I just personally have to taste all of that shit before I'm going to buy it, and it makes it more difficult. And I do buy less Gypsy beer. I've been accused of like you know, 
oh, Pat hates gypsy uh, breweries. But I, I, you will find them on tap at my bars every once in a while because mm-hmm. I'll taste it and I'll know this batch came in and it tastes good and I'll buy it and it's good. But, um, you know, that's the trouble that you have to go through with those breweries as opposed to something from Tracy when, you know, when the new batch of Magnetron comes out. Uh, I don't need a sample of that to buy the keg. Sure. I'm just going to buy it. Not only have I had it in other uh, years, I know it's being made by the same people at the same place, the same way, with the same care and the same everything. So right. I think there's a lot of there's more, a trust. There's a lot of questions out there with with Gypsy Brewing um, that I guess don't get answered as quickly. Right. I mean, the question right. for a regular brewery is, do you make good beer? Right. And yeah. and the question for a Gypsy Brewery is. Man, I mean, it just kind of goes yeah. on and on. Where was this made and who made it and how involved are you? I mean, there's some really famous and kind of pioneering gypsy brewers. I'm not saying contract brewers because gypsy brewing has a certain connotation associated yeah. with certain breweries. Mm-hmm. And some of those brewers say brewed and bottled by blank brewing at another brewery, you know. But the reality is they were never there for, at the mm. brewing. They were never there for the bottling. And it was an email sent. Yeah, mm. that, and Brew more of this. Right. Now add this. Here's that's a recipe. Disingenuous. That's disingenuous. I, I will say this for every one of my collaboration beers. <laughs> I was present. <laughs> I was not necessarily sober, nor did I necessarily do any work. <laughs> but you were there. But I was you there. You supervised. I supervised. I gave you my house, blessing. House flavor. Uh, yeah. And make sure you taste it before you buy it. Get a sample of that shit because it well, could be terrible. I mean, with, but no, yeah, you know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm out in the open about it. I make these collaboration beers. It's, you know, everyone, oh, that's the same thing as Gypsy Brewing. Except mostly I only sell it at my two bars. And well, I'm happy to give you a sample of it before you have it. And and do get one because they do vary because I, I, I work at different breweries and uh, uh, different things happen. And no, I do not uh, do all the brewing when I make these beers. You know? uh, no way. Why would I? I don't know how these things work at these, this person's mm-hmm. brewery. And the same is probably true for the same with with gypsy brewers, but yes, they market it in a different way. Well, you're di- you're I would classify you differently than a gypsy brewer. If we you know when and if we work with you, it's a collaboration between. I heard friends. when yeah, you did. <laughs> All <laughs> It'll right, happen. What, what? smoke um, swivel, baby? Yeah, smoke swivel. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't have to talk you into doing a lager. By the way, all of my collaborations have <laughs> been loggers. Lagers. I don't know if we talked about that, but yeah. <laughs> every single one's a lager. No, you're different because you make your livelihood in a different way. I think when you're brewing beer with someone, you're celebrating the work that they're doing and you're trying to do something fun for your bars. Yeah. It's not that's not gypsy brewing. No, I, I agree. And yeah. I buy it back at the same price as everyone else. So yeah. Yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> yes, that is that's awesome. I don't cool. make, really make yeah. any money on it. So with with like uh gypsy brewing and you know putting your balls on the line. Does that extend to breweries that do Kickstarter? Because they're not, they're also not putting their balls on the line. And some of my favorite breweries have done Kickstarter. So I'm torn about that. That's different to me. Kickstarter. I mean, God bless them. But where the hell was my free money when I was doing my restaurants and bars? I mean, I give me, don't get me wrong. I, you know, get your money any way you can, whatever. But you know, Aren't these things supposed to be for like the greater good of society, not like a brewery that, quite frankly, isn't necessarily for the greater good of society? I mean, you know, let's not. We're, 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 we're getting people drunk for a living. That's great. I love. I, I like getting drunk. Charity. I like getting people drunk. I don't think it's necessarily for the greater good, uh, but it's also a highly profitable business. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not. 
we're not opening a library. We're not, uh, you know, opening a coffee shop in a in a in a poor neighborhood, or you know, doing some or making a playground. We're we're opening incredibly, <laughs> you know, profitable businesses that print money. And should people should you take people's money to do that? No, put together a business plan. I don't know. Get what, a business. Get a bank loan. You're like, in, man. <laughs> you're I was printing gonna, money. I'm, I was going to say. I don't own a brewery, but yeah, I know a lot of brewery owners that are making quite a bit of money, and they're true. all expanding. Every single one of them. You can't say that you're not doing well if you're expanding. You cannot. I'm sorry. You're not. You're doing oh, not well. Oh wait. Saying. I'm saying you can't no. do. You can't say you're not doing well. I mean, if it. you're expanding, the failure all rate. All these breweries are expanding. Failure rate is almost zero, right? I mean, that's kind of the big. The big thing in craft beer right now, failure rate is but almost zero. A lot of what both of these people just said is completely not true. <laughs> First, well, everyone says that I, that failure rate is zero is is, is that's bogus. not true. But, but people that's what fail the, all the time. But that's what the um, uh, the investors. I mean, that's what in the investment circles and stuff. That's what that that's what's going out there. But I mean, there but, are. I was in a, one article that <laughs> went viral. Yeah. Well, also, mean, okay. No, no, Tracy, go. Yeah. No, um, you, you know in terms of expansion, a lot of times people expand because you need to increase your volume and cash flow in order to survive. Yeah, no so that's yeah, that's one thing. The other thing is, is a brewery that prints money. Will you please tell me about that brewery? Because I want to work for that brewery. <laughs> there are. The, I mean, there are breweries. Yeah, yeah, like $104 billion. I'll give you a few names when we get off the air. Maybe I don't have $104 yeah. billion Pat dollars sitting around. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then... Uh, Lagunitas seems to be printing some uh, yeah, some well, billion dollar bills. Uh, you know, Nuclearis, I think they're they all print rolled money. into the joint. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think with the Kickstarter thing, I just wanted to give a business perspective from that. Um, as a brewery that is funded by investors and banks, these are people that constantly need reports from me that I'm owe, I owe explanations to that I have to write business plans and projections for. And when you do something like Kickstarter, you can start a business without having any business acumen at all. And that I find worrisome because mm, I think sure. it's better to keep each other on task and to make sure you're justifying your moves to people who are holding you accountable. Yeah, I mean, a bank's going to give you a loan if it's a good idea. They did to me, and mm-hmm. uh, quite frankly, yeah. I'm not sure yeah. how good of a you know, <laughs> I'm not sure how of, good of an idea, <laughs> good uh, idea either of my places were, but they did give me money, and I'm paying them back. And, um, you know, uh, yeah. the, the Kickstarter thing, I think, should be reserved for things that aren't really Charitable. money makers. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's yeah. not, you know, let me give you five bucks to make your dream come true, or go out there and make your fucking dream come true on your own, mm-hmm. like a normal people, we person. Had, we you had, know, I, I like everyone else is done. Mm-hmm. Yep, we had people sign on to the brewery who just really wanted to say they were a part of it, and you know, they hold me just as accountable as people who own a lot of the brewery. Yeah, and I, I you know, I like that. So, yeah. and that's yeah. Yeah, that's where you get that five bucks. It's just a whole lot more than five bucks. You get really people signed on. You yeah. know. And I think for consumers too, my issue with these breweries doing Kickstarter, and I actually haven't heard of one doing one in a while, so maybe it's gone away. But it it's not it's no longer survival of the best beer. It's mm-hmm. it's survival of how much money can you raise through this social camp uh, social media campaign and. Uh, Beer drinkers, just like anyone else, want to be a part of something. So mm-hmm. they would love to give a hundred dollars as long as it gave them first opportunity to buy a beer over the course of the next, you know, two three years. But 
Yep. I mean, I, I mean, know consumers who have straight up done that because it was almost like a, a FOMO thing, like a fear of missing yeah, out. Like, oh, like, this oh is going to be big like, and I want to be in like, and I want to say that I was in on and, it, you know. And I know some, some breweries. It's, have, it's such a warped. Yeah. Craft beer is so warped right yeah. now. I mean, it is, it is so weird, it's, man. It yeah. Which I mean, makes it fun. It has, yeah. it has a weird is, place you know. in like the social circle of life that like. It's well, because like people a, care about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're so it's passionate like they're about emotionally it. attached. It's an emotional thing. It's ancient. I've never heard that before. No. <laughs> it's ancient. It's yeah. the oldest known written recipe yeah, right. to a goddess. I mean, it is interwoven into everything. And I think they turned that recipe into Not Your Father's Root Beer, right? I think that's what I read. <laughs> yeah, it was a scroll. Like, they found it was it. like a leather-bound, leather-bound <laughs> journal yeah. that like, was passed down. And yeah. Ninkasi wrote God. it. Ninkasi, you didn't know that? Yeah. They've discovered it. Ninkasi wrote the Not Your Father's Root Beer. <laughs> yes. And handed it to him and said, "Go, not your, not your Potter's root beer." Yeah, <laughs> but it, they had they had plastic fermenters and said, "Now uh, make uh, you know fifty thousand barrels of it on that thing." So anyway, uh, we find Amazing. so we found ways to to get to the Amazing. end of the show just by. Uh, was there anything, Nick? For real, was there anything that you did want to mention on air? Or I I know you and Pat were kind of um well going I, together. Yeah. I mean, I Maybe. can save it for a plug. Okay, Are you going to start sure. plugs? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, I need them. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we've, we've to, to steal from Car Talk, we've wasted another two hours here. Um, but now let's talk about uh, if there's anything that you guys are uh, interested in, in talking about or sharing with people out there, now would be the time to talk about it. Um, it can be something you're directly associated with or just something that you want to talk about. What's up, Nick? Yeah, so one of the things I'm going to do next week is there's a uh, Czech place by where I work at Belmont and Normandy called Cafe Prague. And they were, oh, I know that place. They were advertising, yeah, good food too. Like it's yeah. $3 burgers on Thursday. I, I live right by there. Yeah. So they're going to do a keg of unfiltered Pilsner or Cal um, flown straight from Pilsen, and uh, they're going to. There do is it. a batch coming in. They're they're going to do it Monday at seven. Um, it's, but I was told I'm putting uh, that in my calendar right now. I was told Patty Longs might also have one coming. So um, well, not not exactly. Uh, Kaiser has one coming. Oh, and, okay. uh, but. Um, it is actually for private consumption. I'm sorry. Oh. I know nice. that's yeah. I, uh, we shouldn't even bring it up. Okay. So anyway, Don't even bring go, it up. I'm glad okay. I know about mm-hmm. it now. Then mm-hmm. ignore that last part. Just go to Cafe Prague <laughs> on uh, Belmont Normandy, way west in the city. But um, so Pat, talk about the beer that Nick yeah. is uh, talking about. The, the what's coming in? It, it, it's it's Pilsner Kell. It's um, unfiltered. Uh, Made Pilsner Krell actually has their original brew house and their original wood fermenters and all of that, and they still make beer on it all of the time. And normally, you have to go to the brewery and take a tour, and you get their what I would call their Zwickel beer or their Keller beer or whatever, and it's it's um, the same recipe, the same ingredients, the same equipment that would have made Pilsner Krell you know over a hundred years ago. And occasionally, they fly kegs over here. That are days old, and um, uh, there there is a batch coming in next week. So Cafe Prague, Belmont, get it. Ours yeah. is um, we're getting a keg. We're uh, we're we're 
consuming it privately amongst <laughs> a select crew. So let's not talk nice. about it. Don't talk okay. about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, very cool. So is this equipment the original? It's not the original equipment from the 1800s. That That's what I've been told. I mean, I, I don't know the exact date. You have to look all that up. That's um, but yes, they kept the, they kept when they awesome. expanded in the uh, you know once again I'm I don't know the dates they expanded in the 60s or 70s or something right they kept the original brew house and continued to make beer on it mm-hmm. um, to com- mostly to compare it to the new product we've been speculating all show so I'm going to speculate a little more about how cool it would be if this is the original equipment. To taste beer, brewed on speculating a lot. Are we supposed to come here with facts? Where the Pilsner (laughs) style was invented. I mean, think about it—the system that it was on, or as close as you'll ever come to getting there. Totally. The the originator of that style, that system. Yeah, and then they fly it over. We joke it's like a twelve hundred dollar keg. She had to buy the seat. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Awesome. Cool. Did it was? What did you want to talk about other than your private? event yeah I uh, yeah i don't want to talk about that uh <laughs> what i wanted to i have i have a big announcement big announcement um november 21st okay. kaiser tiger is hosting an event called dice of doom <laughs> and it is a collaborative event between malort oh, and wow. three floyds brewing okay. and oh, we will be featuring a keg of malort barrel aged dark lord what? What? <laughs> oh my god! I think Chris just peed himself a little bit. Yeah, he started right. crying. I saw it too. Yeah, it's the only beer he's ever going to cry about. Yeah. Um, and you will come, and there will be a twenty-sided, giant twenty-sided die that you will roll to determine whether or not you get you to- receive a small sample of the beer because there's literally like three and a half gallons of this beer. I mean, there's like almost <laughs> none. Uh, those of us that uh, those people that know Patty Lines, we do this event every year with Barrel Age Malort. One year we did an unauthorized Bourbon County Stout variant where we <laughs> filled we, we filled the the barrel with uh, Night Stalker mm-hmm. that had previously had had Malort. We aged it in our super secret, uh, well, it's a closet up in Sam's apartment above Patty <laughs> Okay, and uh, this year the keg went over to Three Floyds. They put Dark Lord in it. So um, the, 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 the the cask, the cask, yes, it's a it's a little tiny. Um, three gallon butt, and nice. uh, so we will see what it's uh, what it tastes like. Um, it's very limited. It's going to be on November twenty first, in between the two sessions of Fobab, just to make people go a little crazier. Oh. So about five o'clock, we're gonna tap this thing, and you have to roll the giant twenty sided Dungeons How and giant? Dragons die. Is uh, it like ten feet tall? It hasn't arrived yet. I we ordered it online. I haven't actually awesome. seen it in my hand, but it's about the size of a. Uh, uh, softball. G- yeah, a softball, a softball. large, no, a sixteen-inch like, softball, <laughs> Chicago softball. I was thinking like ten feet tall. <laughs> no, like roll. How, how are you going to tell what numbers on the top? Right. Yeah. Kill people. <laughs> Chris is underneath a mirror. Chris is officially the first beer geek to be disappointed by this event. There will be many more to come. <laughs> Not the beer event. I just wanted to. I mean, uh, beer was the best beer I've ever had. But man, that giant die could have been a little bigger. <laughs> Three out of five. Three out of five. Three out of five. <laughs> best beer I ever had. Underwhelmed by the size of the twenty-sided die. Three stars. <laughs> uh, very exciting. How about you, Tracy? 
Um, I would like to mention that all month, all November, uh, Metro is Brewery of the Month at Small Bar in on, in Logan Square on Great Albany. Place. Mm-hmm. Yep, love that place. And not only are you going to have various beers of ours, um, but we're going to have a taco event the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And we're going to have a casserole potluck the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And throughout the month, they are featuring our sort of secret in-house uh, Michelada recipe that our cellar master, Logan Lippincott, oh. developed. Oh. So we sent them the recipe, and you can order our red, we call it the Curse of the Red Dragon. Nice. Um, I like that. So, that's uh, Small Bar. That's at Small Bar, yep. And we're, we're excited about it and um, you know, happy to be working with Anna because that is just probably the best, one of the best neighborhood bars in Logan I Square. Oh, man. No I, I live in yeah. Logan Square. I I love it. Yep. It's, the one yep. and only. Yep. Go drink some Red Dallas. Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, Rat Small Bar. Uh, so uh, I've got two plugs. I'm the host. I get to have two. The first is for Lumpin' Radio. So I've said it before. If you like this show, uh, this radio station is dedicated to, you know, people who are, you know, some would say obsessed. Some would say, <laughs> you know, passionate. <laughs> Um, informed, informed about you know, you know a fairly a, a specific topic, and and you know it could be musical in nature, it could be you know, about beer, it could be about anything, but that's kind of what Lumpin Radio is is trying to do. So if you like this show and kind of like what uh, we're about and, and appreciate what this station is trying to do, um, if you go to lumpinradio.com, there'll be ways for you to donate and try to support this. Um, and a great way to support her is just to tell someone about Lumpin' Radio um, and have them listen. So that's my first plug. The second is for this show specifically. And uh, I, I say, you know, I love, you know, letters uh, in, in <laughs> digital form. And I also like word of mouth in digital form, too. So tell someone about the show. If you like the show, you know, tell someone to listen to it. I still think, you know, old-fashioned Word of mouth is is a great way to do it. If you think it's a great show, I've had a lot of people who've turned on their parents to the show, and their parents are like, "Yeah, they don't drink beer at all. They love the show." Uh, <laughs> multiple people, so it's it's really kind of cool. So thank you, everyone. We'll take every win. I'm yeah, giving, for sure. I'm giving this show two stars. Yeah, that's fine. Because you, you were on it. Because you were on it. Now cut his mic. Check my Yelp yeah, review. Right. Yeah. I'll see you uh, on Yelp. But yeah. But but thanks as always, guys, for for listening. If there's any comments or or, or questions that you want to add, it would go to insiders at craftbeertemple.com, um, iTunes and and all that stuff. The the ratings and the reviews actually do help uh, it get up there in the ratings. And we've been man, it's kind of it's been really good. It's been really cool. So I appreciate what you guys have done already. Um, and if anyone else uh, appreciates the show. Go tell someone about it or go rate it on, on iTunes. Um, enough of uh, you know the self-aggrandizing and begging and, and, and doing all that stuff. But uh, until uh, – that's about it, guys. I think, I think we're done, right? That was yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. Yay, good Thank show. you. Thanks for coming on down good, to the good Studio opinions. B. Facts maybe a little lacking, but maybe <laughs> yeah. we, we killed yeah. the We speculated the a lot. Yeah. I mean – No one guys, told me there was going to be a test. Yeah. Right. At the end, I mean – yeah, they can't. We, we can't all have. Not every show is going to be facts based. No, this is no, no, right? Absolutely not. We got to, got to 
mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep, keep listeners on their toes. Right. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, I promise more facts next time. <laughs> uh, or maybe not, depending if Pat's on or not. So... <laughs> All right. I think this is all after show stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's get out of here, guys. Thanks for listening to the Insiders Roundtable. Goodbye. Bye.